0: been making our way to now the original Pentecost at Mount Sinai so you have pictures because we're trying to understand and I think we should always try to make this our goal is that we encounter Jesus in in the feast that's why they were there that they could see and encounter him even from a long distance thousands of years ahead of time and uh, the first Pentecost is definitely one of those Mm. it was at Mount Sinai And it's uh, probably the best ancient picture of what Pentecost is. So let's go back on the first Pentecost. Signs and wonders accompanied the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. There was smoke, there was fire, and clouds on the mountain. The mountain trembled, and the blast of a shofar sounded louder and louder, and it was a bit terrifying for them. The voice of God was audibly heard by the entire nation mm. all right so what do we have present just like the vision jacob had at bethel of a ladder or tower you have a mountain with god at the top and he's ready to release blessing over everyone so that's kind of one of those ziggurats, but it's gods it's a mountain but it's kind of same shape you also have two really amazing themes happening one we've already seen languages and the other is new and it's fire mm. According to the Midrash, which is a Jewish commentary interpretation of scripture, back in the day, the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai was accompanied by several wonders. Number one, flames of fire, which came to each individual at Sinai. And here's the quote from that. On the occasion of the giving of the Torah, children of Israel not only heard Jehovah's voice, but actually saw the sound waves as they emerged from Jehovah's mouth. They visualized them as a fiery substance. That's something, of course, they don't want to make an association with Pentecost with us. That's just ancient what they Mm -hmm. saw and what they wrote. So the voice of God is the second part, speaking in every language known to man. Now, in rabbinic lore, there's like seventy mother languages, and as I mentioned, it's about the number that of nations that come right after Babel, and the scattering happens, and if you and the the lineages that come from each of those that follow from Noah, Exodus twenty eighteen says, and all the people witness the thunderings. All right, so the Midrash says, so it said that God's voice. As it was uttered, split up into seventy voices and seventy languages. This is how that all the nations should understand. So again, that's just the Jewish midrash. That's ancient writing. Exodus twenty eighteen, and I'm going to give you the a better, uh, would you say, translation interpretation of the words. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. So in Hebrew, the thunder and lightnings in this passage literally reads voices and torches or Fires or lights Mm. are those two words that we get as thunder and lightning. So theologians believe voices was translated as thunders in English because voices are normally heard rather than seen, right? (laughs) And torches was translated as lightnings to perhaps match logically. But nonetheless, sometimes when you translate something into another language, you you change the picture, and that's what they did. The Hebrew word for voices is plural. What the people heard was one God, but many voices or languages. This means that everyone heard the giving of the law of the Torah in a way that they could understand it in the language that they spoke, even though they were what the Exodus 12 calls a mixed multitude. So remember, Mm -hmm. they all came out of Egypt, but some were Egyptians. They they didn't speak Hebrew. They spoke, uh, and some were, of course, probably had come to Egypt and so had possibly spoke another language. So in Acts 2, 1 through 4, we have, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, the sound like the blowing of a violent wind, Mm a bit like the shofar on the mountain, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting, uh, sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All right, so he got a large fire of some sort coming down from heaven and then divided and covered each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the Ruach Hokodesh, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So here again, you have voices and torches. Acts 2. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, obviously it was uh, alarming, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these, all of these who are speaking Galileans? (laughs) Then how is it that each one of us hears them in our native language? Now, just as a side note, that's an important verse. The Bible says the people heard in their language. It doesn't say that they spoke in that language. Right. Just like at Sinai, everyone heard in their language as God spoke. The disciples and followers of Jesus were all aware of the giving of the Torah at Shavuot originally at Sinai they knew the story of the words of fire resting on each individual at Shavuot they knew the story of God's voice speaking to all mankind in every language at Shavuot so while this was wow it was also a throwback you know to 1500 years Mm -hmm. therefore the miracles and signs and wonders they experienced in Acts chapter 2 carried deep significance and prophetic fulfillment so they weren't just bewildered they were going hey this sounds familiar. i see what you did there wait yeah. the tongues of fire and the speaking in every tongue were both direct allusions to mount sinai that experience and to the receiving of the torah so this actually while they did say are these guys drunk what the world's going on they did get the picture so was the baptism of the holy spirit an event in history well yeah Has it continued to happen even to our current day? Well, yeah. Is it a one-time occurrence or a constant refilling? Well, more is always available. (laughs) It's the best news ever. In a very practical sense, we count down the 50 days to Pentecost because 2,000 years ago was not a one-time experience for the disciples, but rather the first experience of a constant refilling of the Spirit. As we arrive at Pentecost for Sunday, Let's seek together to encounter the baptism of the Holy Spirit for those who never have and ask for even more of that wonderful manifest presence of Jesus for those who have encountered the baptism but are still longing for more of his touch. Acts one eight says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, Rukhokadosh, has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So, Let me just say, if your particular church, tradition, or upbringing has left you confused or even hesitant about the possibilities of such encounters and experiences in our days, listen to Jesus describe what the average Christian life would look like. And he said this just before he ascended. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. All right, mm. They will take up serpents Now that's not an invitation or encouragement <laughs> To handle snakes anymore, <laughs> Or to way. test anything right? That's right, not, a, not, a, not an opportunity there and, they, and if they drink anything deadly It will by no means hurt them Likewise, not an invitation to <laughs> Encouragement to drink poison They will lay hands on the sick And they will recover mm-hmm. Those are the words of Jesus So if you come from a uh, Somebody's taught you otherwise You know People can have a lot of great teaching and then miss it right over here. And, and that's very true in, the, in our modern-day church, and has been for 2,000 years. huh? So uh, coming up, I mentioned we know uh, part of coming from Passover to Pentecost is this counting of the Omer, the getting of the 50 days, which happens at First Fruit, which was Resurrection Day. But as you may, may or may not know, That was the barley harvest. There's a second first fruits, which is Sunday Pentecost. So I'll tell you about the first fruits coming up.